Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning, everyone. Man, you sound, I was in here for that first song. You are all ready to go. Those of you who are actually in here for the first song were ready to go. Man, this is one of my favorite weekends. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's our our favorite time of the year. I was thinking sort of getting ready for this about how um, before, so the young people in the church, you're just going to have to trust us on this. Before there was Amazon, there was the Sears Roebuck catalog. Come on. Come on. All the young people are going, okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, uh, I'm not a boomer, though. I'm a, I'm a next one down. We don't get a special name. We're Xers. Man, the Sears Roebuck catalog. And every year, they came out with a Christmas version. Kids everywhere look forward to that. It was called the Wish Book. A couple of years ago, true story, I went on eBay and bought one just for nostalgic value. True story. Man, you would love to just sit down after Thanksgiving and go through, felt like you could just circle everything you'd want and it would magically appear. Didn't happen, but felt that way. I think in some ways, when, when we created this, and if you haven't gotten one, I hope before you leave today at the exits, uh, you'll, you'll get a copy of one of this. It, it's a bit of a wish book. We hope you'll, you'll go through it. It tells uh, the story in picture and in brief language about all that we have been able to be a part of over this past year or so. And yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm, my hope is that you'll, you'll take this, and our invitation is that you'll, you'll look at the stories, you'll lean into them and all that's happening, and then um, we invited you last weekend to just pick one project. It could be one that we've been involved in over the past year. It could be one you recognize or one you have to research, but just pick one and just decide you're going to pray for that partner this month. And our hope is that you'll continue it beyond this month. And then of course, we're asking you to, to give. And uh, we've outlined five projects, uh, major projects that are coming this year. But really, when you give to our missions fund, you are a part of what is happening in all of these ways. And today is special because uh, on top of inviting you to consider what God would have you to do in the coming year as a part of our Be Full initiatives, uh, we've got eight of our partners out in the lobby, and they're here today because they want to meet you. And our encouragement to you is to go and find a place to serve. Most of these organizations out there are looking for people. In fact, all of them are there to meet you because they are looking for people who can help them in their mission. And we believe their mission aligns with our mission to help people discover life and life to the full. And so we get to be a small part of that story. And here's what I know about Cape Cod Church. I know that you want to make a difference. I know your heart beats for it. I'll tell you one way I know that is whenever tragedy strikes around our world, 
it's literally a matter of hours until I get messages from people, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And we've been able to lean in whenever tragedy strikes because we've got a few partners. And I'm really grateful for partners like World Relief who are sort of boots on the ground around the world wherever tragedy strikes. And we've been linking up with them these past years in places like Beirut and in Haiti and in Ukraine where they've got resources and opportunity and we partner up with them and you give and we're able to make a difference in places around the world with confidence that our giving is going to a good source where they're going to be able to help. And I'm really excited because we're leaning in in a whole new way into something called an empowerment zone in the nation of Chad, Africa. In a moment, you're going to hear a little bit about that. But our goal there is to make a long and lasting difference. And you'll hear a little bit about how that works. And that's one of our five major projects for this coming year. And I'm, I'm really excited that we get to have with us Jeff Walzer. Jeff is the vice president of World Relief, one of the great organizations in our nation, Christian organizations doing work around the world. Uh, little known fact, it was started out of Park Street Congregational uh, in 1944 in the aftermath of the war when we were trying to figure out how do we help all of these displaced people around the world and they leaned in and out of that grew world relief and and they've just uh, they, they've had an amazing story so before Jeff comes I just want you to watch a quick video that gives you a little bit of insight into what they're doing and then we'll welcome Jeff watch this problems of our world are overwhelming. Urgency pushes us toward quick fixes and band-aid solutions. But the underlying issues remain unsolved. And the problems reoccur again and again. At World Relief, we want to see an end to this cycle. We believe God has a plan to save our broken world, and it begins with His church and His people. His plan involves the transformation of the whole person, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. And it paves the way for transformed communities and nations. For over 75 years, across 100 countries, World Relief has joined God in His plan to transform our world, building upon the resources of local churches to address the root causes of suffering and meet their community's unique needs. And with the help of people like you, we're tackling our world's greatest problems and helping communities create lasting change from within. In communities suffering from extreme poverty, we equip local pastors to train community members with lessons in savings, agriculture, health and nutrition, and child development, allowing hope to take root and the chains of poverty to be broken. In the wake of natural disasters, we deliver emergency relief and build resiliency so we can save lives before, during, and after disaster strikes. When refugees, immigrants, and displaced people flee persecution, poverty, or violence, 
we provide immediate assistance and help them restart their lives by building welcoming communities here in the U.S. We educate churches and communities on issues of immigration and asylum and advocate for fair policies for our vulnerable neighbors. And in communities plagued by violence and oppression across the globe, we empower local churches to lead the way in bringing peace, healing, and restoration for all people. We are a movement of over 6,000 churches, 95,000 volunteers, and millions of individuals in the U.S. and around the globe, living out God's plan to bring hope, compassion, and transformation to our world. Together, we're creating change that lasts today, tomorrow, and for generations to come. Will you join us? I'm so grateful that we get to have Jeff Walzer with us. Uh, this is a, a real treat. So would you help me to welcome Vice President hey. Wordleaf, Jeff Walzer. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Oh, gosh. Awesome. Awesome. Normally, truth be told, guys, I come into a space at a 10. Right now, I'm like at a 16 and a half. Just so you know, I am thrilled to be with you all. We, we do often say at World Relief that we still believe that the church can change the world, and you guys are an example of that, and we are just super thankful for you. Uh, over these last years, the um, support and investment you've made in joining us in places like Ukraine and Turkey, um, Cape Cod is responding. I, I was looking through this this morning. This is incredible. It's just amazing. I, um, I did stalk a little bit. I had to do that. Um, uh, just looking at some things that you guys have been doing over the last many years. And then watching the message last week with Sandy was so inspiring, so compelling to hear about what you all have done through New Hope Initiative and your heart for mission. And so it, it's, just, it's just a joy for us to be here and to celebrate with you all. Um, one of the things that Sandy brought up, and I want to I wanna just kind of build off of that is this idea of pivotal moments. He talked about these moments in our life where something comes together, we see, we hear, and we said, this is a moment where I'm making a decision that will change. It'll be a pivot in my life. And so that's, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I have three pivotal moments I want to chat about. But um, curiously enough, uh, neither Sandy nor I were the first one to talk about that. He talked about some pivotal moments in Jesus' ministry, but also the Apostle Paul talked about pivotal moments. And we find it in a lot of places, but specifically in the book of Ephesians. So now we're going to cover the entire book of Ephesians in about 30 seconds, um, which obviously we could spend the next 30 weeks in the book of Ephesians. But if Ephesians has two specific um, uh, bullet points, so to speak. The first three chapters of Ephesians are this incredible picture of God's story, the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it does in the world and what God's plans are to bring all things under unity in Jesus. It's this beautiful picture for three chapters and then the next three chapters, and I know you guys will identify with this, is really what it looks like to be full, to live fully into that amazing gospel. In the middle of that second section, there is a verse, and I'm gonna, um, 
I think I'm actually got it on the screen maybe. Yeah, so let's, let me just uh, pull that up and read. This is from the New Living Translation. It says in chapter 5, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. In other words, pay attention. Look for those pivotal moments. Pay attention to what's going on around you in your life, and don't live foolishly. Here's the phrase where Paul really is introducing this idea of a pivotal moment. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Better said, the verse says, make the most of your time. Make the most of your time. The way they've translated it there, the reason they've translated it that way is there are two words in the Greek language. It's not fancy. I looked it up in a book. But in the Greek language, there are two words for time. One is chronos, which is like seconds, minutes, hours. And the other one is the word kairos, which means time, our time, you and I's time infused with meaning, purpose, potential the opportunity for a door to open to opportunities. And so today I want to talk about three pivotal moments, three Kairos moments in the time that I have here. The first one, my pivotal moment, my Kairos moment took place in around 2010 in the country of Kenya. Um, this is me here in a place called Turkana. It's way on the northwest part of Kenya. It's one of the remotest parts of the entire world. And I'm, I'm standing outside of a, a guest house in which there has a meeting has just occurred. I was the executive pastor at Wheaton Bible Church in the Chicago suburbs for 10 years. And this World Relief was a partner of ours. And in this room that I have just like exited, what has happened is pastors and church leaders have gathered together and they have gathered with World Relief. What are the assets of our community? What are the liabilities of our community? What are the problems? What are the challenges we were, we're working on? And these are churches across denominations working together. And World Relief is saying, we can bring resources, we can bring equipping, we can bring tools in order for you to, you, the church, present there. Before World Relief got there, going to be present currently and will be present in the future working with the church to actually embrace and to work on those challenges and to be equipped to do that and my mind was blown to see that in the church working together and so that was a pivotal moment so much so that for the last 13 years I've been wearing a little bracelet Kenya to remind myself at that moment truth be told I did pray if there was any chance I had a chance to work for world relief if God wouldn't uh, bring that to pass and I started praying that and lo and behold I did get a chance to do that I've been doing it for five years and it's just been an incredible incredible moment now why was I so amazed what was so incredible about this moment well I was experiencing the beginnings of what is called a church empowerment zone. And back in those days, this was the early days of the church empowerment zone that uh, Ben just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. And the church empowerment zone, I'm gonna talk a little bit about what that is. And so it is a, it is a group of churches, and I'm gonna stand over here so I can reference these. So it is a group of churches in a defined gra uh, geographic area that are invited together to form church networks. And those church networks are going to be encouraged and, and equipped and trained to work through 
the problems and the challenges of their community. So you can imagine a place like Turkana, Kenya, there's a lot of water insecurity. And so we're helping them in the building of sand dams and helping them building wells, helping the community to do that together, to come together to do that. And you might imagine then, well, in Turkana, Kenya, for instance, they are primarily goat herders. So what you have to do at that point is you have to get water. When you get water, you're gonna grow crops, you've gotta be trained in agriculture. And it goes on and on and on. And so we work together with those integrated programs in a local community of churches to help them work through the problems. All of those, those trainings are biblically based. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. I wanna talk a little bit about um, some of those programs, the vision here. This CEZ in community with the local church, we literally are looking to see the most vulnerable transformed. The word appeared holistic. In other words, the spiritual, emotional, and physical transformation of the person, the whole human being. And the programming is all integrated because problems, poverty is a complex thing. If you solve for just water, the other problems just continue to exist. If you solve for uh, economic contraction, and you've done that by uh, savings groups locally in the community, with extra money, if there hasn't been good equipping and training and discipleship with couples, that money gets spent in a, in a poor way. So these programs integrate together. Here's some of the programs that we do. Family strengthening. If we could just go back one second. Family strengthening, youth and child development, health hygiene and nutrition, water security, savings groups, outreach groups, and disability inclusion, and many more that we work together in the local community. So we can go on. Um, what we've seen over the last 13 years are some amazing things decided that church is growing in attendance by 40% or more. We've seen food insecurity cut in half in communities. We've seen family wealth doubled. We've seen reports of illness in children in the community cut by a third. We've seen 75% of most couples, of couples making the decisions together. That's a rarity around the world. So this is a beautiful way that we've seen those, those church empowerment zones transforming. Now I wanna talk about the picture that's here. The picture here is uh, in Rwanda. I was on this visit, I took the photo, and what we have here are pastors and community leaders with some visitors from the US. This is at the, what we would call a church empowerment zone graduation. They have been, we've been working with them for seven to 10 years. And they're in a point where they have learned the programming, they have adopted these ministries into the local churches in that network, and we are ready to say goodbye. Our ex most excited moment is when we're able to say, you, you're, you're at a place where you can take and run with these. So what happened in this meeting is that one of our visitors asked, what are you gonna do when World Relief leaves? And that's kind of an awkward question. I'm sitting there, I'm wondering how that question is gonna be answered. And the pastor said, well, well, they should leave. We know what we're doing now. They should go help somebody else. They should go help somebody else. It's an amazing um, transformative moment for me when I saw it in Turkana, Kenya. Now, let me talk about a second Kairos moment. And this is World Relief's Kairos moment. Um, in the 2021 frame, something happened here in the U.S. You guys maybe remember this about the COVID-19 virus at all? Anybody? Right? Yeah. 
literally changed the world. In fact, not only was it the health concerns, but also the economic contractions, you guys may know this, but during the, the, the COVID pandemic, because of marketplaces that are dealing with people that are living day to day, the economic contraction set us back nearly 10 years in the fight against extreme poverty. We think about extreme poverty, communities living on less than $2 a day. We took a 10 year backward step. On top of that, we've had over the last several years this incredible rise in conflict and war. And we're all aware of that. And there has been over this last many years, and it's not just the last three years, but there's, if you look at the graph, you will see that floods, droughts, and fires have increased dramatically. All this to say, on this uh, bottom of this graph, this is actually the number of displaced people in the world. Right now, there are 108 million displaced people in the world, which is not always obvious that it is, but it is the most prevailing emergency in the world right now as displaced people. And so for world relief at that moment, one of the things that we could have done is to say, we're just going to hunker down. We're just going to, things are more fragile than they've ever been. Well, let's just stay with what we've got, work in the countries where we're working. And the leadership that I am very honored to lead with prayed through that and said, actually, no, what we're not going to do in this Kairos moment, this pivotal moment, is we're not going to hunker down. We're actually going to step further into this. We believe this is a Kairos moment, a moment filled with opportunity and potential, and we're going to step into it. And so at that time, we actually expanded our footprint. We opened up multiple new offices in the United States to work with displaced people coming to the United States, legally coming to the United States. Um, we expanded offices in Ukraine, and thankfully, in the country of Chad, and that's, where we, that's how we get to this moment right here, where you all have made the decision to step into this moment with us in beginning church empowerment zones in the country of Chad. A little thing about the country of Chad. The average life expectancy, 53 years, there's 1.2 million people displaced in the country of Chad. The average daily income, $1.87. And you see roughly 40% of children under the age of five are stunted. 8% population with access to ba um, basic sanitation. In the Human Development Index, you guys are probably familiar with this, called the HDI, Chad ranks 190 out of 191 countries. So together, we're stepping into something really significant, but we're so thankful. In fact, Cape Cod Church is our first official church partner in Chad. So you guys, I mean, it's amazing. And what's going to happen in Chad is we're, if we could go on to the next slide here. Um, the, the, the country is very interesting. It's about 50% Muslim and 50% Christian. Most of the churches are in the South. So we are gonna be starting two church empowerment zones in a place called Wudai and the Moyan Chari region down there in the South. This picture is actually of our country director right there in the um, middle, a Chadian woman named Dr. Justine Nagarar. And she is leading. We've got a small staff as we begin to, to do those things in the church empowerment zone there. I couldn't be more thankful for you all joining us. Okay, I'm going to finish with this. Um, a potential Kairos moment here in this, in this space. As I hear about the things that you all are doing locally 
and hearing from Sandy and knowing the opportunity that we have in Chad, is this a Kairos moment for us? Is this a pivotal moment for us, for you? I want to go back to 2009 in the country of Kenya. This was after the um, post-election violence where roughly 500,000 people were displaced, internally displaced in the country of Kenya. And I happened to be in a place called Nakuru. It's a little north into the west of um, Kibera, where you guys are supporting work there. And I spent a day with a group of HIV-positive women, a support group there. And typically, the people that live in these camps are called IDPs, internally displaced persons. So they just refer to them as IDPs. I have never seen a more spunky, committed, passionate group of people in my life as these women. And they said to me, we are not IDPs. We're DPPs. There's always, they're always making up terms in, you know, in this part of the development world, so I didn't know what it meant. I was like, wasn't sure what, 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 what that meant. We're not IDPs, we're DPPs. I said, what, what are you guys talking about? I said, we're not internally displaced persons, we're divinely placed persons. So the question for us, for us, and for me and for you all, today, do you view yourself as a DPP? a divinely placed person. I have some questions up here. How might this today be your Kairos moment? The place where you are, the resources you have, the time you have, the networks you have. Are you a DPP? What does God want you to do with your Kairos moment? What gifts, resources, energy does he want you to use? I'm, I'm, praying, I'm praying right now through that for myself to hear from the Lord. Because I, I, I do view that God, according to his scripture and what he has done in my life, has made me a DPP. And I would ask all of us to consider and think about that this morning. Now, I would normally close in prayer. I think I got close to my 20 minutes. But I'm not. Here's maybe a surprising thing. I am a spoken word poet. I don't know if you guys would expect the 63-year-old dude that's standing here to be a spoken, but I've done this for years, and I have a piece for you guys this morning. So I'm going to share that with you. Yeah, come on. All right. It's called This Good Work, and as a subtitle, we might call it Be Full. Let's finish with, with this, and this, and this, and this. This good work of giving and loving and serving, this life lived to the full. This good work which is sometimes hard, is worth it. This soul-searing calling, this rising and falling, a heart that soars and then is stalling. The joy, the pain, the loss, the gain, that's the way it is with calling. This good work that wakes us, breaks us, crushes and remakes us is worth it. All the conversations, 
the struggle in collaboration, the pang and patience of mutual edification, the hurt and the hope of serving is an education, but it's worth it. This good work that brought us here, this good work that shouts back fear, this good work that brings the kingdom near. Yeah, enduring and in battle, these dead bones that he rattled. It's not flesh and bones we battle. Commission and commandment, let's live into the way he planned it, full-hearted, full-throated, fully abandoned. You and me, I and you and we, Cape Cod Church, globally, Cape Cod Church locally, the friend that we have here in this room, let's remember the tomb is empty. God's image is marred and scattered, lives driven, bent and shattered in the chaos, in the storms, in the fires, floods, and wars. This good work is worth it. This good work that he gave us is beauty in the darkness, rescue from the heartless, hope that calms the homeless. We get to share the welcome he showed us. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. You and me, I and we, let us witness because he has promised he is with us. Thank you all.